And on that beautiful note, we're recording, right? Yeah, we've been recording. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, good morning, evening, or afternoon. Welcome back to the One Up Podcast. As always, my name is Milos Bukaretsa. With me is my co-host, George Martinez. And our guest today is the wonderful filmmaker of pretty much all trades. He's done it all. You talk about audio, you talk about scoring, you talk about directing, cinematography, anything you throw at this guy, he's got it. Mr. Israel Marquez, how are you, hey, man? Hey, how's it going, man? It's good to be here. It's wonderful to have you here, man. That's awesome. It's good to be around people, you know, that after all this pandemic stuff. <laughs> <laughs> have you not gotten out much since the pandemic? I, I, by myself, you know, going fishing and stuff. But that's about it. Oh, nice, man. That's a good hobby. I've never, yeah. I've never really uh, tried it myself because uh, I'm more like, I don't know if I'd be bored or not. I'm more like I always got to be doing something. Yeah. So I don't know. Would you say fishing would be something I, I, I should try or no? You should try it. Everybody should try it. I think it's a stress reliever. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, what do you? Is your spot a secret or is something? Yeah, I got several secret spots. Okay. okay. <laughs> then we're not going to mention them here. I guess we'll no. just leave it at that. <laughs> That's awesome. How long have you been fishing? I know it's a film podcast, but uh, you know oh, yeah. we got to talk about something else too. <laughs> and since I was a kid, you know, my uncle used to be a professional fisherman. He he used to uh, go out fishing with Jimmy Houston, all those big guys, nice. and uh, just tagged along all the time and picked it up. So that kind of got you that passion. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, what got you to film passion, man? What got you into that? Man, I've always been an artist since I was a kid, you know. I remember uh, there was this movie called The Car. I don't know if you remember. You guys remember that. It's like a grindhouse where the devil's driving this car and he's going around killing people. Oh, shit. Uh, I've heard of it. I, I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. Yeah, so that was the, that was the exact movie that, wanted, that got me into making <laughs> want, want to make films, you know. But back then, it, the technology and stuff was not available. And plus, I was probably like eight years old. So, But I, would, I remember I would recreate the scenes with all my little Hot Wheels and stuff. Oh, my God. It's awesome. And, you know, I, that's when I first learned about, like, lenses and stuff because, like, the close-up, like, let's say a car comes in towards a camera real close. I would do it toward my eye, you know, and, and I was like, wow, it's the same thing, you know. So that's when it started really, like, you know, kicking in. But again, you know, the technology wasn't available to us, you know. But it wasn't until years later that I actually, uh, uh, I was I was working uh, at a helicopter engine building place. Mm-hmm. I had been there for, like, eight years. <clears throat> and just something just started burning you know, inside me again. I'm like, man, I'm looking at everybody. And I've seen all these old guys walking around, yeah. you know, oh, man, ready to retire. So I said, man, I do not want to do that. So I remember I put my wrench down, walked over to my boss, said, hey, man, it's my last day. He was like, what? You know, you make six figures. I said, I don't care. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I got something to do. And that's when I started, you know. And uh, I remember it was like May 10th, uh, 2010. And uh, maybe like four weeks later, I made my first short film and then started winning awards and stuff and Never look back. Nice. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. I saw on your IMDb, like, movies don't go back further than that. So I was just, I was wondering when you got your start. That, that's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, I mean, compared to, like, uh, uh, like a lot of some, some other guests on here, it's, a, it's kind of a little later in life, which is kind of, which is really cool to see that, you know, the people are still starting that and that you can kind of get into this business like any point. Yeah. I thought, I thought I was starting off late, starting off at, like, 19 or 20 when, you know, <laughs> a lot of our guests are like, oh, yeah, you know, I started at, like, at like five. I wanted, I knew I wanted to do this. I was filming stuff. I'm like, the fuck? You know. <laughs> so I guess it makes me feel better. That's a cheap way to say I'm sorry. But that's kind of funny. <laughs> All right. Yeah. 
But, uh, I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right, man. Uh, all those, because I have seen uh, some of your work, and it is amazing, definitely oh, award-worthy, as, as obviously you won a lot of stuff. <laughs> thank um, you. I uh, I only mostly know you as a cinematographer. I didn't really know that you do a lot of that other stuff that you do, which is yeah. super cool. You know, there's one thing that I, you know, when I decided I want to be a filmmaker, I went home and I started getting on YouTube and researching. And the first thing that comes up is, you know, Robert Rodriguez's 10-minute film school. Yes. <laughs> and, I, and I never heard of the dude, you know, until then. I was like, man, who's this guy? And he's sitting there telling me that I can do it too. So I'm like, well, I'm going to be friends with this dude one day, you know. <laughs> and I just kept researching him and researching him and doing what he said and sure enough man it just it came together really really cool see how i got really into movies uh just watching all different kinds but i was big into like comic books so i would draw a lot so oh, i was like yeah. doing illustrations stuff and then uh started getting more and more into the movies especially like when sam raimi's spider-man came out oh yeah, yeah. so i got into like sam raimi stuff and i went back watched some of the evil dead and eventually, I, I went to get into filmmaking because it seemed like it was the place where all my interests kind of converged. So I started looking into it more and more. And then a cousin of mine, like, hey, have you read Rebel Without a Crew? I'm like, no, I've never heard of it. And he's like, he's the one that introduced me to Robert Rodriguez through, the, through his book. So I watched his book and I already liked his movies at that point because I was like, oh, he's the guy behind all, all these movies. So it was like Des, Desperado and like, at that time, it was like Spy Kids, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, the more I got into it, the more I learned about him. Then I saw like the 10-minute film school. And then he also had like, he'll have a bunch of special features on his movies. So just seeing the behind the scenes of making up all these different movies, like, seemed really cool because it makes it uh, achievable, right? right just having right. it in that perspective. Yeah, but absolutely. That's one director that's always been like a big influence. Yeah, you know, I don't necessarily like his movies, but I like uh, the way he goes about doing things. He's very technical. And, you know, when I said I was going to be his friend one day, and, I, and, you know, years later, you know, here I am in the same room with him, you know, when I was shooting my documentary, mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, you know, I made this happen. It was 15 years later, but <laughs> it happened. So it was, it was just so cool, you know, just to, but yeah, he's, he's, an, he's, he's an influence, you know, for sure for me, you know, and Whenever I get stuck somewhere, something I'll go back. You know, I'll go back to the roots and watch those film school things because you know I always miss something. Like, oh yeah, you know, that was cool. I don't remember that part. You know, so it helps out. Absolutely, man. Like, and uh, I love that it was great like that. You know, like when you meet your heroes, it's something that you know it's a, it's a really good moment. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I had a similar ish experience. Uh, I, I talk about this guy just about every other podcast. Uh, the guy who kind of uh, inf uh, got me into uh, filmmaking. His name is John Johnson. He makes these uh, really, um, well, what's the best way to say it? The movies aren't great, but it's like, it's like self-aware horror comedy. So it's like, it's low budget stuff. And uh, I, I just enjoyed it for what it is. And I'm just like, if this guy can, you know, yeah. go ahead and make these and make a living off of this with film stuff and everything. I'm like, why can't I do it? Exactly. exactly. And eventually, like, it turns out his wife was from down here and they came down here for something. He was uh, doing some medical procedure down here. Uh, and I, I met him. George went out there too, and like, dude, it's super cool, really down to earth, and everything. And uh, I mean, obviously, he's become a you know a better and better filmmaker. I actually started watching him like kind of kind of like early ish in his career. And so like just to see him doing the stuff he's doing now, I'm like that that's you know he's he's gone a long way. And I'm just hoping one day to be like you know a tenth of a filmmaker he is. That's good. That's yeah. good. That's a good way to to uh, set set a goal, set an example. Mm -hmm. You know, do what your heroes do. That's what I've always been told. 
you know, if everything else fails, just do what they did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just it's just a little harder to make a movie for seven thousand dollars these days. It's all yeah, it's true. We talk about Rodriguez, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, did you see he came out with a new show, like uh, Rebel Without a Crew, the show, the series? Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I saw a few episodes of it. But I, I, I said to myself, I wouldn't watch TV anymore, and I think that was around the time where I got rid of my TV and stuff. You know, so I kind of missed. It. And then they started killing the El Rey. Yeah, the El Rey channel. It felt like it didn't take off. Like they came out with those first seasons of like some originals, and then yeah. they kind of died off. Yeah. So it was, I you know, hey. <laughs> <laughs> so far, I just see that it's a bunch of reruns of like old older movies or like kung fu flicks. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds amazing, actually. <laughs> Five fingers of death. Oh. Yeah, they'll do marathons of like kung fu flicks. <laughs> and then I think he'll put a bunch of grindhouse or like. Uh, Reruns of like the X Files. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome. Uh, so uh, jumping into the film world, you know, uh, working on your first short film, uh, how was it like compared to like expectations? Like, did you did it meet and exceed your expectations of what working on a film is, or how how was your first exp first experience? With Man, it? you know it it was more than what I thought it was going to be. Um, <laughs> I didn't have a script. I just had an idea in my head, and it, it was. Uh, uh, a silent film, mm -hmm. just music, you know. A buddy of mine scored the, the film. And uh, we just drove around, looked for locations and got out, shot, drove around some more. And um, so there was really no planning or nothing. I just I just had this idea in my head. I said, I got it. We got to shoot this, you know. And so that's what we did. And it came out pretty good. I mean, I was, I was like, wow, you know, I, I did that. It wasn't perfect, but I was like, man, I did that, you know. <laughs> And then when we, like, the first film festival in Grand Prairie, uh, the Fall Indie Fest, uh, that was the first film festival that I entered it. And, uh, man, you know, everybody was like, my, you know, my film was showing, this is a true story. And everybody started crying and stuff. I'm like, oh, man, they, don't, they hate my movie. I was, looking, I was looking to get out, man. Oh. But then when the movie was over, I got a stand ovation. I was like, oh, wow, you know, maybe I do got something here, you know. So it was, it was a good feeling, you know, because we, we got the crappiest camera and you know crappiest locations and it worked i mean really it, it really um what's kind of nice about situations like that is like sometimes it does take an outsider to kind of make something really really good because uh you know if you have somebody who knows everything all the rules and everything and especially if they're kind of like a stickler for like wanting stuff to look a certain way like everything is gonna end up looking kind of very similar-ish, you know. Yeah. Especially if you want to imitate the big filmmakers. I guess I'll get a little closer. I guess I got a little further from the mic. Sorry, uh, but uh, yeah, if you want to imitate, you know, what's what's the big people are doing all the time, everything's gonna start looking the same. Exactly. So exactly. when you have somebody like that come in do something different, I feel like that's why it's got a really good reaction because it's something that they weren't expecting to see, which is really really cool. Yeah, they were like that. That's like the first silent film I've seen, and you know. That's been out in you know fifty years or sixty years you know. <laughs> I was like, well, you know, it needed to be done. You know, it's, it's, it's the only idea I had. I had the music already in my head. You know, and we did. I do the music first in my head, and then I'll put the scenes to it. And that's all we did, man. It was it was it was a good cool thing. I said to my, I also said to myself, if I don't win anything or get any kind of cool feedback, then I'm just gonna stop. You know, <laughs> go ask for my job back. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, you're not working over there, are you? Nope. Hey, that's awesome. <laughs> and that was 2010. <laughs>
So how did you uh, uh, how did you meet uh, Bill Haas? I know you've worked with him a lot. He's one yeah. of our guests. He was one of our guests a little while back. Talking to him was amazing. Yeah, yeah that's what I was cool. telling him. We I met you on there, and like you were the DP for like for the film. And I there were a couple of days you couldn't be there, so Bill like, asked the me film, to go. Sir, on. what film are you talking about? So we can have context <laughs> for the podcast. We know, but does the audience know? Do I know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I there think was, it was just my luck, right? Yeah, there was there was a couple, right? Yeah, there's a couple. The how to make a baby or no no was that? I think that was his last. That one, was right? his last yeah. one. Yeah, we're on that one too. I met Bill um, a few years back at some kind of like film mixer or something like that, and he said he had heard about me, and I said, "Hey, I heard about you too," you know. And we just, you know, kicked it off like that. Real cool guy, real big inspiration. You know, he's given me a lot of chances to work on my cinematography. You know. I don't I don't consider myself a good cinematographer or anything, but he gave me a chance, and you know I learned from him and just do what he says and take you know take advice. So yeah, he's a real good guy. How how uh, do you feel about going to mixers? Because my experience with mixers were like sometimes. Mixed. Uh, yeah, <laughs> mixed feelings. I have mixed feelings on it. Mixed feeling or mixed. Yeah, because I'll, I'll meet some people, but it seems like everyone's. In, was interested like in the same thing everyone's like oh director 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 and i was like oh well not really meeting anyone for a crew <laughs> right you know i used to go to those a lot but i started noticing um it's the same people over and over yeah so i'm like uh yeah let's quit going you know <laughs> <laughs> and that was it it's like i'm i'm mixing but there's no nobody wants to do anything and you know it's the same people over and over i'm like man i forget that that's how I was at uh, film school too for a while. It's like everyone's more focused on doing their projects. Sometimes there's no time for different projects, and whenever there there is free time, everyone's kind of doing their own thing and won't really make the time for it. Yeah. So I was like always going off on my own or finding people who would want to help out. Like uh, Milos is one of the few people from school that was like really interested in still doing stuff, and then there's a couple of people who just like left it altogether. Wow. Yeah. I started with a buddy of mine, and he kind of left me high and dry. So yeah, <laughs> the same way. He, you know, he was the he was the rich guy. He had the, the money. I had the content. Yeah. You know, cause, <laughs> and I, hey, we can do something together. You know, and then he just kind of like went off on his own, but he never did anything. Now he's he. I think recently, as last year, he tried to come back. I'm like, nah, I worked my way too hard, and you, you left me high and dry, man. Forget that. So it's just, there's a lot of that going on. That's why I don't really attend those mixers anymore. I mean, the thing is, I think with that, you need to find, like, different groups to go to as well. Because, I mean, with Endeavor, I think that's the one we're kind of mostly talking about, the one we've been to. I, I have kind of seen that. It is new people don't really come in as often. Yeah. I mean, there is some good people there, obviously. Like, Bill is amazing. Working with him is, is always fun. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, you know, it would be nice if they got an influx on new people. Or, you know, I, I don't know if those people go to other, other group mixers as well. I mean... I think that what works out better than Mixer is just getting your way onto some set and then <laughs> meeting people on exactly. set and just go from set to set. And you know what's better than that? Going to film festivals. That's where you're going to meet people that are actually doing stuff. Actors, directors, producers, they'll all be there, you know, guaranteed. I go to every film festival that I can, and I've met so many awesome actors, you know. I see an actress on, say I'm casting for a role, and I see an actress, oh, man, I want I want to cast her, so... I'll uh, reach out, and that's how it works, man. I, I found that to be way better, way better. There, 
whenever I got to go to the Washington, it was the D- Washington DC Film Festival. Um, I got to go there and everyone's talking to the actors and stuff, but not that many people talk to the producers. But I went up to <laughs> talk to one of the producers for like the big premiere movie they had. Yeah. And for them, it was like at that year was a movie called Meth Head. <laughs> but I talked to the producer and she was really nice. And like right away, she like gave me her card and she's like, if you have any ideas or interested in anything, uh, send send me what you got and, and I could refer you to other people. So That's she's cool. like, oh, I could help you re- make contacts. That's how it works, man. You see that a lot. You see a lot at film festivals. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, I do feel like, you know, there are the crew kind of is overlooked at times. And, and he's absolutely right when he says everybody wants to be a director. I mean, hell, I want to be a director. But, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm fine. I'm happy with doing whatever job I can. Just being on set is fulfilling enough for me, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's what I tell everybody. You can, everybody always asks me, you know, what do you do? I'm like, well, it's easier to tell you what I don't do. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then I tell them, hey, go out and do everything. Learn everything. Because there's going to be that one time or two times that, you know, you have a full crew and all of a sudden they all call in, oh, I can't do it. And here you got all your actors. You said it happened to me a lot. And that's how I learned how to shoot and uh, catch audio and fix lighting all by myself. I, and I got rigs, you know, that I got, I got this vest that I, I'll carry the sound. I'll have my yeah. camera. <laughs> you have the boom over here. You're holding the boom over the camera. I'm, I'm yeah, I've done that light. too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why not? That one-man crew, man. Yeah, absolutely. I used to, oh my God. <laughs> Just the modification of the one-man band. Yeah. yeah. Strap to you. That's it. <laughs> It can be done. Mm-hmm. I remember when I first was doing like a green screen setup for my shitty YouTube videos back in the day. Uh, I literally like to hold up one of my lights because uh, all I had was like the clamp lights from Walmart at the time. Yeah. I found out that a PVC pipe fits perfectly inside of like the, the holder for vacuum cleaner, you know, when it holds the little the attachment. So like I put a tall PVC pipe on there, used that as my light stand. <laughs> <laughs> and I rigged my, one of my tripods to hold a makeshift boom pole to have a microphone over on me. There you go. So it, was, it was really, really, really janky. But I mean, hell, it you was. look at the, you, you, you know, you look at the finished product, you're like, you could never tell that it was made with like the most shittiest garbage you could ever think exactly. about. Exactly. They don't know. They don't know. And, and yeah. the thing is, the audience don't care. Yeah. You know, as long as your content is good, they don't care. Exactly. They don't, I mean, the thing that matters most is is sound. That is absolutely true. But like, uh, camera, not really, man. I mean, like, I mean, like you said with yours, and there's a lot of other films. There was a movie he keeps talking about. I don't know what it is. It's like you said, uh, it was like some two brothers or something make, made a movie a long time ago, right? Like just sitting in a room. Oh, uh, yeah, like, the Duplass brothers, Jay and Mark Duplass. Hmm. They they started off making these uh, home video movies inside their house, and they'll just have one camera and they're each the actor for for it <laughs> and it was like really minimal minimal uh production i guess it's just them whatever lights they had and then uh they'll they went off and did it to put it into film festivals so they've won awards from that's but all right i think one one of their movies called the fluffy couch and that's like one of the <laughs> <laughs> That's one of their movies where it's just them with one camera and a microphone. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, if the story is good, man, if the story hooks you, it doesn't really matter about that's anything else. That's what it's else. about, man, yeah. the whole story. The now story. those guys are off, like, doing stuff, productions for HBO. Wow. And, like, the I got to meet them, or I got to meet Mark Duplass at, in Dallas. He was hosting, like, a Q&A, premiering his movie Cyrus at, and Cyrus is with Jonah Hill, Marissa Tomei, and John C. Riley. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, the cast is cool. And, like, he talked about, like, his approach to everything. 
and he'll like break down the way he wanted to shoot it because it was his first uh like studio movie with him and his brother so they're still behind it they're like a co uh co-directors and he was saying that they wanted to shoot it like it looked like you were actually there like it was the human eye recording everything so the camera's very kinetic and like always moving around kind of cool. shaky but it was like just hearing them talk about it just makes at the moment it like motivates you more yeah like, absolutely yeah. i know what you mean <laughs> i know what you mean so uh how big of a jump was it going from your first to your second film like uh how uh, how much of a how much how much did you learn from the first one if you apply to the second one i guess is the best question uh, that's where i can phrase it what i learned from the first one was uh i can clean up my uh camera work a little bit and because the first one i didn't capture sound you know i said okay well the second one i'm gonna have to you know, learn that <laughs> something else to learn <laughs> you know so i went and bought what everybody else buys little zoom little zoom recorders now I got the big, you know, audio professional. Oh, yeah. I look cool and stuff, <laughs> you know, but just clean up. You know, I think I had the story stuff right. The story was really good. So my, my second film, uh, the story was also a really good story. Um, but it was just I knew I had to, like, clean up the camera work and um, learn the sound. That was going to be tough for me because it was just a one-man crew, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's – and – it was like it was re- it was really really hard because it was like a bigger, a bigger story. There was lines, there was locations. I really and that's that's oh, that's where I also learned to uh, when you write a script, make sure that the locations are you know doable. Yeah. Don't say hey she's a t- she's standing at the top of the Empire State Building. You know, <laughs> you know there's no Empire State Building. You know? And so that's well, what I learned that. Fake it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Man. <laughs> Trying to find a long dirt road um, was tough for me, you know, that was private. Mm-hmm. And that's what I had written in the script. I could not find one. I could not find one at all. Till finally somebody came up, hey, you know, I got one, you know, back in my house, you know, back. So, yeah, but write, write what you have, you know, write what you're, you know, what you, what's available to you. Absolutely. And that, and that's one thing that I do now to this day. Uh, so uh, for actors, speaking of writing for stuff, do you write for specific actors, or do you do you just write a script and then uh, just cast afterwards? I uh, I write the script first. You know, um, I never really have a specific actor in mind. You know, uh, I, I did do one this old violin for a friend of mine. She was wanting to get, you know, do better stuff, and you know, so I wrote her. I wrote that for her, mm-hmm. but I think that's the only time I've ever done that. It's usually just, you know, uh, thought process of, you know, writing the script. And then I'll, then I'll go to the film festivals and find my actors and actresses like that. That's awesome. Yeah, I need to start going to more of those, I'll be honest with you. The one, the only ones I really ever went to was were um, uh, the Indie Film Showcase in Fort Worth. Yeah. And, like, the TCC ones we hosted, and that was about it. I do need to get, get out to more of those just to meet more people. Most definitely. I, I suggest that, like, 100%. Do you, what would be like the maybe like your top pick for film festivals like in the area to go to? Oh man, you gotta or like you know, nearby. <laughs> you gotta watch out now. Um, there's a lot of film festivals that are like, you know, I call them friends with benefits film festivals. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh yeah. So you just gotta watch out. Friends for of warning friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you just gotta. I got my list, you know that, but I like. 
uh, Bare Bones Film Festival in Muskogee, Oklahoma. I like the the Fwifts, the Fort Worth Indie Film Showcase. Um, there's there's a, a new one. Maybe it's been out maybe about three years now. Um, Sunnyside Up Film Festival in Oklahoma, Northern Oklahoma. I've heard about that. Man, they're really cool people, and they really love the process. I've never they're, they're a married couple, and they just love the process of you know film festivals. And, and I see like some film festivals like oh they're all stressed out the you know the the director and the employees that yeah. <laughs> but these guys they're just like all happy you know it's cool. Um, there's. I'll be honest with you, bro. I think that's it around here. <laughs> Everything <laughs> else, man. <laughs> they're I understand. We we used to take part in the Tarrant County Film Festival at TCC because we kind of started with the, the teacher that was part of the film club or the sponsor for the film club. And from there, we did our own film festival where I try and reached out to other people around the area, people to, from other schools to like submit stuff. And then we just let the audience decide like the winners. That's cool. I like that. <laughs> oh, you know, uh, there's another one. Uh, what the, there's Frame for Frame. Have you, I remember. That sounds familiar. There's one. They're out of Arlington and uh, Shutter Speed. They're really good people. Yeah, right. Those are those are some good people right there. I'm fixing to uh, talk to the city of uh, Midlothian where I live, and uh, on Friday, I'm gonna talk to them about bringing a film festival to Midlothian. Oh, that'd yeah. be cool. Yeah. Yeah, I've been out there only a couple times to Midlothian, but it seems like a nice town here. It is, man. They need something like that. They don't have any theaters or nothing, but they got a lot of empty buildings. <laughs> and, and they're downtown. I was like, hey, this is something right here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd love to drive out for that. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and it'd probably be like a few months from now, right? Uh, probably be next year. So, yeah, next I mean, year? it takes a lot of setup. I mean, we'll let some people know on the podcast if they listen to it. We'll <laughs> have something ready by then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's a. Uh, I got a meeting with them on Friday, and um, I was in their uh, Midlothian Now magazine. I was featured as a, you know, because they were all excited. Well, we got a filmmaker that lives in town. Ooh, that's cool. Let's do a story on you and stuff. So that kind of that's, that's what got that ro- rolling, you know. So I'll, I'll let you guys know what happens, you know. I think something good's gonna gonna come out of that. Absolutely, man. That sounds wonderful. Um, and and it won't be a Friends with Benefits film festival. <laughs> <I> guarantee you that. <laughs> So wait, I can't bribe you to make my favorite. Come on, man. It's like I need that laurel. Well, you know, I like that. I'll, I'll make you executive producer. Come on, buddy. I like that pepper. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. So speaking of kind of film festivals, one of our uh, uh, guests here recently, uh, Katriva Phillips, she uh, she actually did a film festival at home during COVID. Because of it, because of COVID, it was like a lockdown film festival, and she got submissions from all around the world, which was pretty interesting. Wow. So it was just literally like the rules were, I believe, just make a film, you know, about lockdown or while you're locked down and stuff like that. So all the stuff was minimalist and stuff like that, which was kind of super cool. Yeah, you know, that just, sounds like a good idea. Yeah, the idea was was awesome. So kind of uh, going through that topic, uh, did you uh, did you work during the pandemic? Like, did you do film stuff? Were you able to do film stuff during the pandemic? I wanted to, but a lot of people didn't. Yeah. You know, so I said, like, okay, I'll wait and. I'm the I'm the type of guy that'll work on Christmas Day. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's go shoot. This 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 location got open. It's on. It's open on Christmas. Let's go shoot. Everyone's like, no, you know. 
we were able to do a couple of shoots uh, during it, which was kind of nice. Uh, one of them is still in the edit because I'm I'm taking forever. It's my fault. But uh, <laughs> besides that, you know, the other one was was for a film festival as well. We were submitting it. We got a decent amount of votes, but it didn't end up winning. But that's okay. It was still fun. That's cool. That's cool. Just keep busy. Absolutely, man. That's what we've been trying to do. That's uh, that's that's kind of like this is kind of scratching a certain itch for me too. You know, doing the podcast and stuff like that. It's still very. Uh, very film-like. It's uh, kind of also also kind of ties in a little bit to my broadcasting degree, just a little bit. So it's it's kind of nice. I still feel like I'm doing something while just doing a podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's a good thing, man. I, I dig it. For a long time, I was like, hey, we should do a podcast, and we talked about it for a long time. Like, we never really got around to it. And whenever we finally got started, it was with me, Tress, and then Milos showed up to help out that day. And we were testing out the cameras because I just got the Shogun. And I was like, oh, we could do it all with cameras. And we did a test interview. And this was like maybe early March. Yeah. And so like a couple of days later, they just shut everything down. What? <laughs> so that's when all the pandemic really started. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So we just shot like a test footage. And since nobody really knew how to use the equipment, Whenever we t- tried to look back at the footage, it was it had all the camera info on it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so I was like, oh, we can't use any of this. Hey, that's how you learn, though, man. Yeah. I remember when I was first learning Adobe Premiere Pro, it was a hacked version. It, yeah. it was like Adobe 2.0. It wasn't even Pro. And I remember my first DVD. I was like, man, I did it. <laughs> I put in a DVD player, and the, the, the picture was real tiny in the middle of the screen. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> So that, hey, you learn like that, man. <laughs> yeah, I started mistakes. on a hacked version of uh, of uh, Sony Vegas, so trust me, I know how that is. <laughs> <laughs> man. So um, you since you do a whole bunch of stuff, uh, do you have anything that you kind of prefer to do? Any any kind of job on film? Do you prefer like audio directing or editing or what do you do? You have one that you prefer over everything else by any chance? Um, man, that's a good question. I like them all. Usually on my films, I'll. You know, of course, I write it and I direct it. And I, I work the camera. Those are the three things that I usually do. Mm-hmm. The, the audio stuff only if something doesn't show up or whatever. Um, I did. I think I prefer just if I could, if I could find a real good cameraman, you know, cinematographer. I'd prefer just to direct. You know, because I really, I really like uh, engaging with the actors. You know, I used to act when I was, you know, younger, and. It's just one of those things that, you know, it's more intimate, you know. But, you know, that's just the way it is. You know, you got, sometimes you just got to do them all. And, you know, I don't like cinematographers, you know, too much. But I want to find a really, really good one. That way it can free me up, yeah. hopefully, one day. We yeah. gotcha. <laughs> and, I mean, I feel like that, I mean, I kind of hit on this just about every podcast recently. But I feel like it's a good message to hit on every time. I feel like knowing more about other positions makes you a better director because you Absolutely. know exactly what that position requires. Absolutely, yeah. you know, uh, like when I write a script, I'll put all the uh, camera angles and camera lens for the actors to see. So when they're reading the script, they already know, you know, I don't have to tell them anything. That's another thing I learned, you know, don't just don't limit your actors. They can they're they're people. They, they're smart. They can they can read and they, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll put that stuff to work, man. And if you just give them the information, you know. Because now it's it's to the point where you know okay action they do their thing, I'll turn around action and I say, that's it they did everything that I you know, they didn't lean over too much they knew the size of the the length of the the the, 
sometimes I'll draw a little square saying, hey, you know, this is where your shoulder's going to be, you know, stuff like that. Anything to help them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, those, that stuff like that helps, and you just go quick, quick. It's funny. We uh, we had like a very opposite problem of what you've had because uh, you you know you you worked with. Uh, it seems like you worked with professional actors for most of your stuff. What is that? Oh, it's oh the, the fridge. Ah, uh, uh, the fridge. Oh, yeah. Can you plug it? Pull the small brown cord. Thank you. The fridge, the destroyer of all films. <laughs> And after that little quick distraction, we're back. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> what I was going on about before was uh, basically kind of saying you had an opposite problem of what we had. For us, you know, finding crew wasn't really a problem because we all loved, you know, working on stuff like that. And uh, working with, especially with one of our friends, like he would always cast like people he knew, like who weren't actual actors and stuff. Oh, and yeah, so, yeah. Like they were almost always like like 50% of his shoots, his actors ended up bailing. And so, I mean, I've, that that's always an issue. I mean, if you have a, if you have somebody on the crew bail, it's easier to find you know a replacement for crew or hell, just do it yourself. Like you know, like like we know. Yeah. But if you, if you miss an actor, you know, you you're basically kind of screwed. Yeah, they they say that's the rule. Don't ever hire your friends and family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't ever do that. And I mean, and I mean that guy, he's learned, and so you know now I feel like it's a lot better. I feel like the last couple of projects he's worked on is, have actually worked out really well. That's good. That's good. <laughs> wow. No, we, the last one we did that they're still working on editing. We had the actors because usually he just write out the script, but the, there was no planning on like how it's going to be like, how it's actually going to be shot. So while we were at the shoot, we're coming up with the shots yeah. on the shoot. And then the actress, uh, on one certain, on a certain shot, she was supposed to stand like near the corner of a table. And she, every time she got really into the role, she started walking closer and closer and like getting the angle really weird to the point where she was just profiled. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> That's going to be, yeah, that, that I was having a tough time with that shot. Eventually I, I found a way to kind of edit around it, it's kind of sort of, but you really just couldn't. Cause I mean, she got really, really, really into her character, which was nice. Great for the emoting and everything else. Yeah. Line delivery was perfect, but literally she would just like walk forward. I'm like, stop. stop. <laughs> <No>. I mean, <laughs> the, Last, like, kind of bigger project that was my own project, I got to work uh, with a camera operator named Allie, Allie Millar. And she was really good. And it was, like, the first time I didn't have to do all the camera work for yeah. a project. And it turned out really well because I really got more time to engage with the actor and also be more aware of everything going on without just focusing through the camera. And so it really, it really helped out. And it's, like... Personally, I felt like it was one of the projects that turned out a little better from like my previous ones, and work. And with Ali, I would like just talk with her about the angles, but I would like kind of do a quick storyboard just to know what scene we were doing that day. And so I'll like knock out the storyboard real quick. We'll shoot that, and then she'll come up with like extra <clears> stuff <throat> that she sees that she would like to shoot. And I was like, all right, go for it. That's cool, man. Yeah, that's, that's why, the way it works. That's why planning helps a lot. And especially, you know, I mean, the less you have, the less you have to do, the more you can actually focus on the film itself. That's right. Yeah. The one thing I always try to get people to do, if possible, is uh, storyboard and shot lists. Because those things are absolute lifesavers. We kind of sort of had that for the last one, but not really. Manual was supposed to uh, make those. But it's like, oh, we'll be fine. I'll make something. Yeah. And the something <laughs> was just, just something. The shot I mean, list. It, it kind of worked, but yeah. but now shot list is absolutely 100% important. Yeah, those are really cool. I like using shot lists. I, I went to this as far as getting one of those football 
play, you know, the, the, the quarterbacks oh, yeah. have. Mm-hmm. And I put my list in there and I'll and pull a card out and the next one, you know. Nice. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like absolutely having a, a script supervisor who's, you know, who's going to go over the shot list, tell you everything is, yeah. sorry, what everything, everything <laughs> was done and all that, what wasn't. I feel like that's also very important. That's important. Keeping track of what takes were good, what takes weren't. It helps the editor a lot, which is oh, really nice. Some, something to touch on. Like you said, you would put your shots on the actual script. Mm-hmm. Whenever we're going through school and like going through like a script writing, they would tell you not to do any of that because they're like, but they're going through the point of view of like you being a writer. So if you were a writer, you wouldn't put any of that right. in so the director could then decide to do it. Right. So whenever I'm like, usually I write it that way, the way I was taught. So I write without any of the, any of the camera angles or any of the shots in there. But what I do whenever I, I'll like just pass out the script and then for my personal one, whenever I'm actually shooting, I'll draw like storyboards. I'll storyboard on the script itself and then like do the shot list and just make notes. So mine's all, mine looks like it has like a comics going down the side and like <laughs> all cool. these lines. And that's cool. awesome. And it helps me focus. Uh, except one time I, I knew I had to get all these angles and like I shot all the masters and I shot the angles I needed of each actor forgetting to do the one for like the the third actor the first one since he was in most of it like i forgot to get shots that were close-ups on him and i was like oh i didn't have anything <laughs> but it still it still worked out enough where i could cut around it because yeah yeah that's cool so that's it didn't cool. stand out <laughs> yeah they tell you don't you know when you write a script you just write the script you know but since i'm the writer director and the cinematographer you know i put all these things in because i'll forget too you know i have an idea for camera placement i'll write it in there camera's gonna be you know in the corner and this 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 you know and i'll forget i'll, I'll go and look and it's, it helps me out too you know it's not just for the actors but it helps me out too but i'm gonna write a script for somebody or something yeah i don't, I don't put none of that stuff in there yeah you're right now they, they would tell us a lot of different things as far as uh writing the scripts because it's all taught to you in the way of like you selling it or you working for someone else and also, like, the dialogue, they're always like, don't do too much dialogue. It's like, because they were telling us they judge it based on how dark the page looks. If the page looks kind of dark, they'll throw it out. What? <laughs> they must not like Tarantino movies. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so let me ask you, do you write from, do you write, like, from the beginning to the end? Is that how you write stuff? Sometimes. Sometimes I'll think of, like, I'll have the ending in mind more. And yeah. kind of like a little bit of how it builds up to it. So it's almost like having to fill in the middle. Right, right, right. I, I usually write from the end backwards. You know, and it's always like like a, if I'm messing around on some music or something, I'll get an idea for a film. And uh, I'll always start with the very end. Because, you know, to me it's easier to fill in that stuff. It's hard for me, I don't know why, to go from beginning to end. I lose interest real fast, but if I go from end to beginning, man, I just I stay on it, man. And I don't know. I, 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 that's why I asked you because I wanted yeah. to see if anybody else had that problem. For me, I kind of I kind of start like, well, I mean, at least the ideas I get usually start for right from in the middle of the film. I don't really get like an idea for a full story. I get like a really like, quick idea, like this would be a super cool scene or something here would, would would sound amazing. And so I'm like, how can I build a story around this one thing? How can I make yeah. this into out into like a full thing? 
And so um, I am a terrible writer because I don't really finish scripts often. <laughs> yeah. uh, but um, and, and mostly my stuff is mostly like action based stuff like that because I grew up watching action movies when I was a kid and that kind of influenced everything I want to do. Yeah. Which is kind of <laughs> cool. I mean, I, 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 I think it's kind of cool. I'd like to do action movies but um yeah. yeah so i mean that's why it's like it's usually just a one scene of something in my mind i'm like this would be so awesome and then just start running like recently um because i had i had we had tim uh, tim meadows and we had bill haas and i was like you know what like they like they would make a really great duo in a in a hilarious father-son action movie i was just like and i had like these scenes just <laughs> pop in my head automatically i'm like i want to write this and see if i can cast them and i started on it i'm like hmm all right, so the middle scene here, middle scene, middle scene here. How do I connect this into like a full story? How do I make this into a thing? So I'm I'm a completely different writer from you guys. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. <laughs> Not professional at all. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know whatever whatever makes it happen for you. Yeah. I don't think there's any rules for art. You know, I don't think so. There's always like those like basic structure they'll tell you, but it's structure of like the way somebody else always works. Yeah. But. It can, it could help you because one of the more common things is like trying to make a circle come uh, make a movie come full circle. So sometimes like if you come up with the ending, well, you could just find something similar that mirrors the ending, so it feels like there's closure from beginning to end. Right, right. And then like uh, yeah, but you got a sequel bait, bro. <laughs> well, now it's all sequel bait. <laughs> yeah. No, but even then, you could still do the same thing without actually like planning out the sequel. Because they do that for Lord of the Rings. If you watch the original trilogy, there at least has a beginning and end to it that feels more satisfying, and then it just picks up on the next movie. Yeah, and that's something like I don't think The Hobbit did that well. It didn't feel like there was a good ending. It felt like the action was just starting and it just ends abruptly, and then you have to go to the next movie. Yeah, yeah, they leave you hanging, man. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. I love. I love. Uh... I love the writing process, you know, and I always like to hear, you know, again, going to film festivals at the Q&A and stuff, I love to hear the way writers and directors write and stuff. I mean, I just learn so much, you know, and I feel each time that I go, I learn something new and I try to apply it to what I'm doing, you know, and again, I suggest if, if people are really into the, the filmmaking to attend as many film festivals as you can. You know, you don't have to watch the movie. Just go to the to the Q and A's and stuff, and just talk to people, man. And you'll learn all this stuff, man. It's great. It's it's awesome. You know, looking at your uh, IMDb, uh, I'm it might just be something. Maybe I'm just looking into too much or whatever. But it seems like you do a lot of documentary work. No, I've only done one. Only one? I thought I thought it was at least more than one. Okay, well, okay, that's just me looking too far into it now. <laughs> okay, well, speaking of documentaries, I guess how was your experience working on that documentary? Man, that started out. That wasn't even. It wasn't even planned. I shot it on my iPhones. I had two iPhones: an iPhone six, and an iPhone four. You know, and I was just following my buddies around. Uh, Del Castillo, you know, they're they're also Robert Rodriguez's band Chingon. Mm-hmm. But without Robert Rodriguez, they're Del Castillo. So I was just following them around. I'm, you know, I'm recording them and stuff. I go to all the cities that they were playing at, and I, I, I made a joke like, "Hey, I'm gonna start shooting a documentary," you know. And then, sure enough, it started becoming. I said, "Wait a minute, I probably could do this," you know. I had like, I started that in 2015. I finished recording like in 2019. Damn. <laughs> Four years of man, how much footage was exactly. that? I had a lot, bro. I had a lot. Like, <laughs> so then I'm like, hey, can you get you know 
you know, Robert Rodriguez do an interview. Yeah, yeah, we got that. What about Willie Nelson? Yeah, yeah, you know, we got that. Well, Lonely Boys, yeah, because you know, they're all friends, you know. And it just came up into this, you know. No, I used to see that you were like posting <laughs> yeah. for a long time about the documentary and posting pictures with like Robert and like Isa. Isa oh, yeah, Isa. <laughs> she's nice, man. She's a nice girl. She's awesome. The the two dudes, what was the the Dust Till Dawn series? Oh yeah, I know the I know who you're talking about. Man, those like guys were man. I was like, hey, you know, can I talk to you? They're all like stuck up and stuff. Oh, uh, they were like, stuck get up. Get out of here! <laughs> but not, and she came right along, and she was just talking to me and telling me all kinds of stuff, and just gave me like forty-five minutes of her time. You know, I was like, wow, you know, pretty cool. <laughs> but I, you know, it ain't got to be like that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I tried to go down to Austin around the time they were shooting it. Uh, I went with some friends just for a weekend, and we pulled up to Troublemaker Studios. And like I would, I imagine it being like in the middle of nowhere almost, because from most of his movies you don't really see anything around there. Right. And it's like just in the center of like all the shopping centers <laughs> and the neighborhood. It's an old, it's an old airport. Yeah. yeah. And that's where like Austin Studios are too, right next door to it. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but we showed up and like everything was closed, so we couldn't get it. We couldn't get in. And I don't think we could even get in on a regular day. We. <laughs> <laughs> when like a couple weeks ago too. Oh wow! And then I mean, uh, that was that we, was COVID and Austin's like yeah. very closed down even still I think. Yeah. So we went up to Austin Studios afterwards, and in Austin Studios we actually drove all the way in, and that was pretty empty. And there was just a guy with like sitting in the van. All the doors in the van were open. He's just like laying back, relaxing, and we're like, "Hey, is any of these places open?" He's like, "No, it's like I'm just here to watch the trailers." And all the trailers were from, like, Dust Till Dawn because they were, like, shooting it. <laughs> That's <laughs> <funny>. Nice. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, that was that was a good experience. I was filming part of that documentary in, uh, during the South by Southwest. And that's where all the, the cast and from Dust Till Dawn series, that's how I met Isa. She's a real nice girl. I knew she was going to be a star. When, when you talk to her, you can just tell about somebody that they shine. She was just so polite and just... Like a beautiful soul, and I was like, man, she's gonna like be really big. Cause she wasn't big at the time yet. She was doing a crossover from the Mexican, from Mexican uh, television. Yeah, it was a, the soap I, operas. But I thought she was in something else in South America too. Like she was like a Hannah Montana type character. She might have been, you know. But she was just crossing over into the English yeah. now, you know. And I, I knew, man, like she's beautiful yeah. and stuff. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, and now sure she's enough, in some big stuff. Yeah. She's in Baby Driver, Godzilla. I'm like, man, cool. <laughs> I said, I know that girl. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, I knew you before we were famous. Cool. Hey, uh, you still want to work together? <laughs> like, who are you? <laughs> do you uh, do you have a favorite genre you like to work in, or do you just work with whatever comes to mind? Yeah, I, I got a favorite. I got, you know, drama is my thing. You know, I, I don't. I'm not a horror movie. I watch horror movies, like The Conjuring. I'm, I'm like really into The Conjuring, but I won't ever shoot a horror movie. And um, but yeah, drama is like my thing. I like making people cry. I like telling real stories. You know, that's and and again, going to film festivals, you'll learn and you'll see like what you know what lands and what doesn't. You know, so you just you know you just gotta like pick your little diamonds out and <laughs> do you do you pull from personal experiences when you write those or is absolutely it just, okay. absolutely uh a lot of my most of my well all of my films have a 
part of my life in it, you know. Um, it, it has to be, for me, it has to be, you know, because it has, if, it, if I can't feel it, how do I expect the audience to feel it? Gotcha. You know, just like my first film, Haley's Angel, you know. That story there was is about um, a girl in a wheelchair that's being abused by her dad. And she meets up with a homeless man who happens to be an angel. You know, and he ends up taking her, you know. That that inspiration came from a uh, story about a little girl in Oklahoma. Her name was Kelsey Briggs, and I saw it on YouTube where her boy, the mother's boyfriend was beating her up, broke her legs, and he finally kicked her so hard in the stomach that, you know, just her whole, all her internal organs just exploded. So that's why I said, man, I'm going to do this film, you know. That's what got me to do that. So, yeah, it's always like something that's either happened in my life or something that I saw in real life, you know. You know, it's just it's just more real to me, you know. I, I, I shot, I wouldn't say it was a horror movie, but it's, it's kind of, it had some horror in it, had a demon in it, mm-hmm. but it was more of a psychological. I'll do stuff like that, but horror, you know. Comedy, I wrote a comedy. I'm just afraid to shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you need, I mean, you need you need actors with good timing and stuff like that. Yeah, I was uh, I remember hearing a story about four year old virgin. You know, like they're like they're you, you put the script out there, you take a look at it. It's just not funny. It's just the actors, the way they deliver. That's right, what made the movie. Right. Yeah, yeah. My comedy was about uh, it's like a cheater spoof. <laughs> you know, and the opening scene is you know they're like, hey, you know. We found the, you know how they do it. We found this person over here, and your, your husband's in there. We're, and the chicks like dressed in the clown suit, you know. So, so they go and they pull the van door open, and there's another chick in a clown suit sitting down, and her husband's like doing a, a head headstand between her legs, and he's just, you know. And then she's like, "Oh, I knew it. I knew you were somebody." And he's like, "I'm not doing nothing, you know. It's just stupid stuff like that." <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like uh, that sounds like one of those YouTube parody skits that uh, we used to do. Me and my my one of my friends, David, he used to have a uh, YouTube channel where he used to do that stuff all the time. And I was in some of those, and oh my god, there! You were in one of those too. I remember you. No, yeah. you were in the in the catfish one, right? Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, that was <laughs> terrible. I played uh, I played a bearded lady in that one. <laughs> It, it's awful. It, it's absolutely awful. It will scar you visually, uh, but yeah, it's it, those were those were fun. Do, doing some of those was pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. You're like the link will not be on the description. <laughs> uh, George, I mean, down. George, that that's that's up to you. But I, I would rather not. I'd rather not scar our viewers any more than they are. I mean, they're just <laughs> looking at me. They don't even see any more of me. That's funny, bearded lady. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it was basically like he would parody movies and you know other things like that or. Or big events, stuff like that, and I mean, some of them got views, some of them didn't. Uh, even our camera guy today, Carlos Gomez, he's one of our camera guys, got a, actually what twenty thousand subscriber channel, bro. That, that's that's growing, that's badass, wow. Blue Carlos. Cool. But um, he, uh, not that you post anymore, fucking post more, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he was also in one of one of my favorite ones. I was in with him as well. It was uh, it was a parody on Chris Hansen and doing uh, you know basically to catch a predator and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. And just just. <laughs> It's 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 hilarious. Like like your part was perfect. He played like the Spanish version of him, and it, it was just so funny, so great. Uh, I still I, I'm in it, so don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. But yeah, that kind of stuff is really interesting to write. You know, it's it's uh, it is pulling from stuff that already exists, so kind of gives you a base for something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, 
uh, you know, so it gives you something to work on, so it makes it a little bit easier. But it just, I mean, it takes a right mind to make it more interesting than like, you know, like the epic movie or whatever those uh, disaster movie, whatever those parody movies were. Right. Because like, those were awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so they started off good, but they just kind of went down downhill. Fast. Yeah, they usually do. They usually do. Uh, yeah. It's the people behind it. It's like they're they weren't the same people behind like the started the spoof movies. Yeah. Because those were like, I forgot their names. But it was two brothers that eventually like started doing all those epic movies and stuff. But before then, it was uh the guys who were writing with Leslie Nielsen. So oh yeah, yeah. The movies he was in, those were like two different brothers or two different people. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> two different brothers. Well, two yeah. different brothers. <laughs> yeah, because they are brothers. The ones doing the epic movies. Uh, and the, but the guys before him, it was um. He was one writer, and I think his son eventually also started writing some movies too. So that's where you get like airplane, airplane, the naked gun. Oh yeah, uh, I remember those, man. <laughs> those, I still really like those. Some of those are really good. There's, I don't know if you've ever seen like the Naked Gun series, like the TV. Oh, I haven't seen that. There, it's only like six episodes. What? <laughs> and never, it never got picked up, but once it hit like VHS, it like took off and and they had like blockbusters and stuff so they decided to like oh let's make it into a movie so that's where the naked gun comes from oh i didn't know that and the, the actual show is called police squad oh yeah oh, I heard police yeah. squad yeah i heard, I heard about, about that. that yeah yeah. i'm i'm still a big fan of those spoof movies though i go back and watch the older ones oh yeah like scary movies stuff like that those things are those things still hold up well kind of sort of um do, do you have a director that you admire like or one that's your favorite and oh, the type yeah. of genre you work in yeah um man alejandro gonzalez man that's the guy i want to be like you know he's like amazing i, I think he sneezes and he'll win an oscar <laughs> you know <laughs> he just want and, I, and I, what i love about him is he's not one of those that makes a film or two or three films a year he, he makes one every four years or something yeah. comes in and sweeps the oscars and then goes back into hiding you know <laughs> and make make another film I just love that man. I mean, he's he's a he's a true artist to me, you know. And that's that's one thing that I've I've been changing my trying to change my style into more like that, you know. I, I try to keep the the technical stuff of Robert Rodriguez, but I want to do the storytelling of Alejandro Gonzalez. But yeah, that's my most favorite In your, director. I, I like his whole. I think his whole crew's all good because it's oh, always man. like. Alfonso Cuaran and Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, and like, Chivo. El Chivo, yeah. Man. But they were like back-to-back Oscars from all three of them. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And like, man, that, that cinematographer they use, man, he's like amazing. There's nothing like him, man. You know, I like, uh, what's that guy? Keen. He he works with those guys that made from No Country for Old Men. Oh, the Coen Brothers, yeah. Yeah, that cinematographer's good too. I can't think of his name right now, but yeah, I know who you're talking about because he did Skyfall. Also. Yeah, Bell Chivo, man, that guy is amazing. Wow, you know, I, I still can't mimic his stuff. That I try and I'll get all the similar equipment that I can, and you know, it's like, how do you do this, man? <laughs> <laughs> I can't say personally if I have like a favorite director or not because I do like a, a wide range of movies. Yeah, and you know, I, different different genres. Uh, I mean, a lot of action stuff I like, but also you know, I do like my dramas, my you know, some horror stuff like that. So I can't really pinpoint a you know like a like a favorite director. I'm more of a casual movie watcher than anything. I don't really analyze it as much as I should as a filmmaker, but you know, 
I, I feel like I watch it more for fun, and I feel like I make movies more for fun than it is yeah. for like you know like a style of specific thing. I feel like I make them more for me than I do for other people. You don't have <laughs> a director that you like that you enjoy watching his movies like for fun that you feel are fun. Now, now the thing is, like, do I pay attention to directors' names when I watch movies? <laughs> no. I'm like, oh, that was a cool movie, you know, whatever. Uh, who's that guy that did uh, that did um, uh, what's that the recent movie uh, Matt, uh, with uh, Statham? Jesus, Statham. Yeah. What was that? Was that movie the uh, the one we just watched recently? Is it? I don't know. The Antoine Fuqua was that him? No, no, no. It was uh, he did one with Matt, uh, not Matt Damon, the guy. I gotta look this up real quick. Wal- Mark Wahlberg. They did Infinity. Antan Fuquan and him did Infinite. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah, Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie. Guy yeah. Ritchie. His stuff is is. Oh, really that was good. Guy Ritchie. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I do enjoy quite a, quite a few of his movies just yeah. because you know his his action movies are are, are yeah. really good and yeah yeah. So I, I enjoy what he does. Um, obviously, I forgot you know, that was even the Guy Ritchie movies because it doesn't feel like a Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I've seen a lot of like indie filmmakers uh, just going to the film festival stuff. They'll one one year they'll have a drama, and then the next time they'll have this action, and then the next year they have a comedy and then a musical. I'm like, it, you know, they really haven't found themselves, and I just see it. it's just like a boring, you know, dude. You need to like hone in on what you're trying to do, and you know, this is like I was saying earlier about. Uh, Gonzalez, he makes one movie, you know, every three or four years. I adjusted. I, I used to go to movies a lot. Now I only watch them maybe once or twice a year. You know, I, I try to cut back. You know, just little things like that. You know, but I haven't. I'm not really good at uh, jumping around. I tried it. Mm-hmm. You know, I tried it because I, I shot a thriller, and uh, I guess maybe I don't know if you want to call it a. Thriller drama. I, I don't know what it is. To be honest with you, I can't really. Uh, and what's this one called? You're talking about? I haven't mm-hmm. released it. It was my oh, second okay. film. Okay, okay. That was like back in 2011. Gotcha, gotcha. I haven't released it. Um, it's called A Soul of Ember, and uh, you know, it's about this girl. She uh, loses her husband in the line of duty, and on the way home, she finds this wreckage of this uh, mother and her baby got ran over. You know, and then the mother comes out of the you know the shadows, saying, "Please help me put my baby back together." And it's all bloody baby. Ooh. You know, that's one of the reasons why I haven't released it. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, you know. Yeah, I feel you know. I mean, stuff like that with move, especially with uh, stuff that's been in works a lot. It's times change. Stuff, things become more or less politically correct. You know, as, as time goes on. So yeah, I feel like there are movies like that. A lot of movies that are shoved like that for a while that will not be released because of you know things like that. Right. But just think about it. Like what was acceptable five, ten years ago is just not right. It's, exactly. Yeah, it's and to so me, it, and it, and it wasn't acceptable to me. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, yeah, it looks good and it's really cool, but. Nah, I don't think I want to release this, you know. Yeah. But it was a good learning experience. I got you. But, you know, like I said, I tried to jump around, and I just couldn't do it. I was like, no, nah, I really like drama. It's really it's really in my heart. You know, it's, I take it from life, you know, life experiences. And that's that's just the way I leave it, you know, because if you're good at it, you know, if you, if it's not, what do they say? If it's not broke, don't fix it. <laughs> <laughs> There's, I don't see, like, a lot of, Directors that jump genres sometimes they'll work within their own style and they kind of diverge just to a genre a little bit, but it's always like they have a clear style, so you always know it's their film. 
and like one of those would be like George Miller, yeah. Mad Max. He went off, did Mad Max, then goes, does a, a Happy Feet, and then like <laughs> Babe. Babe. And then he go- comes back and does like another Mad Max movie. <laughs> <laughs> and wow. same thing with, um, with the director for Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so people can do it, man. I just, for me, I can't do it. Well, you know. Zemeckis, Robert Zemeckis, that's his name. <laughs> but Robert Zemeckis has like a great filmography too. Yeah. It's all like real yeah, crazy. Some dramas and then the comedies in there. I'm ready to see his Ghostbusters, man. <laughs> Who's the guy that did Die Hard? I love Die Hard. So like I guess that guy's gonna be one of my favorite directors because Die Hard's amazing. Oh, and it is a, it is well I don't care what anybody says, that first Die Hard is absolutely a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas no movie. What. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's Thank Christmas. You. It comes out on Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Chris Willis says it's not. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't write it. Who was it? Bill Haas said he, he didn't write it. Yeah. So uh, we are running a little bit low on our camera batteries, unfortunately. So we're going to have to wrap up this podcast right. pretty soon-ish. But uh, before we go, there's one question that we do love to ask our guests. And sure. uh, that is just to relate to us what one of your favorite experiences working on film was. Just uh, something that you really that really sticks out to you, something you, you would really think is your favorite experience of ever working on set. Yeah, to me, th- my favorite experience would be uh, learning the process, learning everything. But it's really, really the the end result of seeing the audience, you know, happy with what you put out. Because in the end, that's what it is. You know, a lot of filmmakers make films to put in Walmart and say, hey, my film's in Walmart, but you're broke. <laughs> you know, you're broke. You ain't got no money. You know, they'll make the films for the, to impress their friends and stuff. No, it's, it's about the audience. And to learn the process and... Uh, put that to work, to put all that hard work in and see the end result, you know, and see these audience members come up to you, oh man, you know, I love your film. It made me cry, it made me think about my daughter that passed away. That's worth more than any award or anything that you could ever, ever accomplish. So, you know, it's a good feeling. Yeah, just seeing how you can move people. Yeah, that's what it's about, man. You can, you can, I, I think you can do world peace with music and films. But, Absolutely. you know, why we haven't done it? Because, I don't know. It's just weird. <laughs> you can move people. All right. Since we're kind of short on time, do you, is there anywhere people could find you online? Uh, just my Zen Studios. Zen Studios? And uh, just my name, Israel Marquez. You always see me wearing that or, you know, the guitar <laughs> or something. <laughs> if somebody wanted to reach out to you, I guess that would be through the website. Is that correct? Uh, no, they, they, they just hit me up on facebook you know okay gotcha so i'm not hard to get yeah. a hold of so we're going to link to your facebook and the website if that's cool with you sure yeah awesome well israel it's been a wonderful absolute pleasure talking to you man you're one of the most artistic people we've had on oh, I uh, you know, most people it. are technical which is you know it's fun to talk to technical people but you know having somebody from that point of view especially because it's completely opposite to me i'm a very technical person yeah i've learned a lot from our conversation George, thank you so much for co-hosting. Carlos, you're the MVP on camera. Thanks, buddy. You're the best. This is why we need a camera on the anchor pointing that way, George, so we can just see him sweating the sweating bullets out there. And, oh, my God, it's still hot in here. We have (laughs) AC, but it's hot. Uh, Anyways, like I said, Israel, thank you so much for being on. Thanks for having me. George, thanks for hosting. Milos, thank you for drinking on camera. I'm an idiot. I shouldn't do that. Whatever. Uh, Guys, uh, this has been the One Up Podcast episode, what, 15, 16? 
God, we've hit a lot now. 16 now. 16. Oh, wow. wow. 16 episodes. That's good. We're going to keep going strong, guys. And you will see us or hear us next time. Bye-bye.